Good morning, everyone. Pastor Chuck Blair, great to have you here today. And uh, yeah, wishing you all the very best and, and just so glad you're joining us here today at New Church Live. Just a, a few quick things from my perspective, from my, my angle of things, and then we're going to ch- let Angela have her little bit here on stage. But just a couple of things around small groups coming up. One is we've been running these small groups that have been these little pop-up conversations, and they've been wonderful. And what we're doing this week coming up is, is one on hope. Like, what is your hope? What is your deepest hope? Giving people a chance to share that. And, and it's going to be a great conversation. You're welcome to join Rebecca and I on Thursday nights. If that interests you, you're welcome to join any number of groups that we have that have that conversation. Or to just simply pull it up for yourself and, and look at it and, and gather your own group. Just to have a little one-off conversation on the question, what is your one great hope? What is your one great hope? Second thing I want to announce is this. And this deals with with this starting point, which is happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. And tonight at 8 p.m., we're going to have a small group. It meets once a month. It's for couples. We meet at 8 o'clock. It come from all over the place. And and we're going to, like, celebrate. We're going to do a little exercise around celebrating Valentine's Day. You and your beloved are more than welcome to join us. Again, the Zoom link, you, you can text me for the Zoom link. It's also up on our Facebook page more than welcome to to join us for that. It's just a great opportunity for couples to connect. Again, I I know that it's Valentine's Sunday, and and I was thinking, boy, if I had to plan all over again, I probably would not have put it on Valentine's Sunday, so that was my miss. I know probably a lot of you have other plans. But if you don't have other plans, you are more than welcome to attend that with me and a bunch of other couples tonight at 8 p.m. And with that, I introduce Angela. Hello. Oh, there we are. Good morning, everyone. My name is Angela Cooper, and I work here at New Church Live. Um, And my role here is just plugging people in to the New Church Live community. Um, And we are busy planning ahead. You know, we're in this virtual time, and things have been pretty busy here at New Church Live. Community service continues to thrive. Small groups, as Pastor Chuck was mentioning, continues to thrive. And we also feel like we want to hear from you on how we can better serve you, especially young families. Um, we know that there's been a couple of things that we've offered that have been really well received, and we want to just hear more about how we can make those uh, better or if there's other things we can offer. Um, some ideas that we've been playing around with are the idea of a mom's group. Um, I'd love to spearhead that if there's interest. Um, we did some advent kits around Christmas, and we're interested in maybe doing some more for Easter, sending those out and having kind of a interactive from home experience. Um, and so we're toying around with some of those ideas, um, and we'd love to hear from you. We also are talking about a, another pop-up church um, for Easter, connected with families. Um, I'm a young mom, or I have young kids. I don't know if I'm a young mom anymore, but I have young children at home, so I get that it's very, very tricky. So I am going to offer a conversation on Wednesday evening. The information's on our Facebook page, which you can get to from our website under the events tab. Um, It's going to be 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. And I know that's a tricky time. I promise to keep it to one hour and really utilize time the best way possible. I've invited a few people, but everyone is welcome. And I really would love to hear from you 
from a mom to other moms and dads, like how we can serve you in this virtual time. We don't want to offer another thing, but we want to support you um, as we all kind of navigate how this unfolds. So again, the conversation is going to be this Wednesday online with via Zoom. There's a Zoom link on our Facebook page, um, which you can also access from our website. Um, you can also email me. Um, if you go to our website, there's a contact form. I can send you the Zoom link directly. Um, we really just want to hear from you how we can support you. And like I said, we're preparing to put together some um, Easter kits. If you aren't able to join that conversation, but you want to get a kit sent to your house, they're free. Um, we're going to include a, a couple of things for you to do at home, activities as a family. Um, so you can also put that information in the chat window. I'd be happy to send you one of those kits. Um, so anyway, warmly invite you to that conversation. The last thing I want to mention is that um, we operate um, exclusively on donations from the congregation, and during this virtual time is no different. We've been really blown away with how you've been supporting New Church Live and continuing to show up. Um, so if you want to continue to support New Church Live financially, you can make a donation by texting the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase, to 77977. Uh, and you can make a donation that way. You can even set up a reoccurring gift, which is just amazing. I know for me, especially young mom with kids at home, it's really busy and crazy. So if there's one less thing I have to worry about, I can set it up and forget it. That's the way I want to operate. So um, you can set up a reoccurring gift um, with the same information I just shared. Um, if you have any questions about any of this, um, again, you can put your information in the chat window or you can go to our website and there's a contact form there and you can it goes right to me and you can um, ask me any questions and I can send you the links and the information you might need to know. So happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Pastor Chuck will be right out. So again, if you have a chance and an opportunity to do that, I do highly recommend it. We're really trying to figure out ways, as Angela said, to serve young families. We've got many young families. And as the musicians come out for our first song, you know, we really are, as a congregation, just not as just New Church Live, the team, but, but as a congregation, we really are trying to serve and serve as best we can. And we're open to doing that in any way possible. So with that, folks, enjoy the first song. And a big, huge, no matter where you're tuning in from, no matter when you're tuning in, a big, huge welcome from New Church Live. Boy, what a, what a powerful song of, of being true to who you are. And, and, and today we're going to be, be looking at, at sort of that finding, that, that trueness and that finding God in the ordinariness of our lives, knowing that that ordinariness, please listen carefully, is often broken. Knowing that that ordinariness is often broken. And, and I know that we have people tuning in today, uh, some people tuning in with joy, thinks it's been a great week, and other, other people who are, who are dear to many of us in the congregation tuning in with a lot of heartbreak. In today's service, we'll have a message for both sides of that as we look at finding God in the ordinary. Finding God in the ordinary. Now, this is the series we've been doing. We started out with looking at the three temptations. I realize somebody who's tuning in for the first time, you go, what's the three temptations? It's three challenges that Jesus faced right before his ministry started. We didn't go into a lot of depth on those, but we talked about how, how what challenge does is it gives us this challenge, and the primary one is to rethink. Another word for that is to repent. You know, to rethink our lives, and then we get to decide to follow. Are we going to follow God? And we looked at the difference between 
between sort of just, just abject, like, I got nothing to give, versus Jesus' call, like, actually, you do, and I'm asking you to follow me in this journey of life. And then today, we're looking at the call in the ordinary, and it's a fun service. You know, I, I really do enjoy the whole preaching thing and sharing messages with people, and, and I enjoy the whole way they're put together with a wonderful sermon writing team, and, and this was a particularly fun one to put, to put together. So with looking at that and starting to find the call in the ordinary, I, I want to read a couple of stories for you. And again, these all the, the first ones all come out of Matthew, and then the second story is one where we're actually going to go back into the Bible historically. So the first story I want to share with you comes right on the heels of like Jesus saying, follow me. And, and this is where he says it, where he says those follow me Words, And I want you to take a look at this picture of people out there fishing, and I want you to see the connection here. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, that follow me is what we looked at last week, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of humanity. Fishers of men is the old translation. At once they left their nets and followed him. So there we see that, that example real quickly of, of that call in the ordinary, that call in the ordinary. Like here they are doing their ordinary job, doing their ordinary thing. Mundane, run-of-the-mill day. And all of a sudden this call shows up. This call from Jesus to follow me. Something real important there, and I just want to sort of hold that in one part of our brain, that, that oftentimes the call will be in the ordinary. And it, it's, it's easy to get, um, oh, I don't know what the right word is, kind of misdirected and to think that we have to do things that are way outside of the ordinary to access God. And, and that's not really how it works. You know, our God is the God of the ordinary, which, which is, I think, incredibly powerful. It makes God's message even more powerful. The second story, now we go back in the Bible, like, did this, did this call in the ordinary, did this finding God in the ordinary, like, where are other places where that shows up? And one in particular I want to read to you today that's beautiful. And this is, this is a story that was told literally over a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. And it was a story about Jacob's ladder. And, and the story of Jacob's ladder, again, it's a whole sermon series in itself. So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about it. I'm going to focus on one part where he's found in the ordinary. So, so Jacob's on a journey. He lays down. He falls asleep literally in the middle of nowhere, puts his head on a rock. And all of a sudden, he has this beautiful dream of angels and the connection between angels and heaven and, and angels coming down from heaven. In other words, that beautiful, beautiful vision and picture of what heaven can be. And angels from heaven landing on earth and going back up. So it's this beautiful story of a circuit. And this is the part that I want to talk about today of that story. So Jacob wakes up and he hears this beautiful, beautiful voice. And this is God speaking. I'm with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. That's the art of homecoming. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. 
Now the power of that is, is the guy's asleep with his head on the rock in a field. And he has this, this epiphany of like, oh, this is the gate of heaven. This is the gate of heaven. Right, this very ordinary place. And you can see the beautiful tie between both of those. And it's so important to see, I think, that, that you know, that life is this ladder, this, this back and forth, where, where we find God in the ordinary, and it's these images from heaven and these, these things from heaven, these thoughts, these emotions, these feelings that come down onto earth, and then, and then we welcome them on earth, and that goes back into heaven as a circuit. This is from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Life is that ladder. For earth cannot be mended. This is beautiful, folks. This is beautiful. Let this sink in. For earth cannot be mended without a glimpse of heaven, nor heaven without a home on earth. Boy, that's a beautiful description of a circuit. What we would call in Christian New Church thought co-respondences. In other words, where the two, heaven and earth, are responding back and forth. A vision that we're to make into reality and a reality that in turn feeds back into a vision. Now, the problem, of course, is what keeps us from the miracle in the ordinary and the miracle in the ordinary. So I'm going to share something with you here. And, and as, I, as I share this, I want to tell you folks, like, this is, I'm sort of going to bust out the old, old school pastoring here for a second. So I, I want to talk about, about watching the Super Bowl last weekend. So first off, my condolences to, to fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. I just got to watch the game. I like both teams, so it's not about which team won. It was about an advertisement I saw. So I'm there watching, watching TV, and they had these advertisements coming on, and you probably saw them for Paramount Pictures. Or, excuse me, Paramount Streaming Services. And they had people climbing up a mountain, Paramount Streaming Services, and they came to their tagline. And here's their tagline right here. So they lived happily ever after on this mountain of entertainment. I want to read that again. So they lived happily ever after on this mountain of entertainment. Now, this is the old pastor thing for me. That's horrible. That's really bad. It's really true, and it's really bad. I mean, that, that idea, folks, right, that... that um, we can, we can find ourselves at the top of this mountain of entertainment, which we all can. You all have it. I guarantee you have this mountain of entertainment within 10 feet of you right now. And that somehow that, that, somehow that is, is happiness. And not only temporary happiness. I mean, there's a time to watch stuff that's just plain entertaining, obviously, but the idea that that's what will make us live happily ever after? Wow. Wow. That's actually crazy. And the hard part is, is it's true. I think for a lot of us, it's part of me, who just believes that the more consistently I am entertained, the better that entertainment is, the more grand that entertainment is, the closer I will get to living happily ever after. 
That is what we would call in this particular denomination an imaginary heaven. Feels like heaven, but it ain't. Folks, I, th I think this is real important. You know, just a little aside, I, I, there are so many wonderful institutions out there, churches, synagogues, mosques, nonprofits, that know that that's not the way to go and that we risk losing if we come to believe that that's the way to live our lives. So there's the little like, ah, we got to be so careful. We got to be so careful of that. I was honored to do a beautiful family wedding yesterday, and, and I was telling Jade and Chris, like, I used this as a quote, and I said, no, life's not just this one mountain where we're trying to get to the top where we have all entertainment all the time. Life is a series of mountains, a series of challenges. And with each one of these challenges, as we, as we come on board with each of these challenges and we learn to overcome them together, we draw closer and closer to God and we build community. We build stuff. Here's something to think about. With church and with all kinds of things, I'm thinking a lot about church, you know, in this day and age and how it's going to look as, as COVID recedes. And, and the answer isn't to become more and more entertaining. Like, it's, it's not that I would ever want somebody to come out of New Church Live and go, wow, that's entertaining. I wouldn't want you to say it's boring either, but I want you to say, wow, it's entertaining. What I think we all would hope is that someone who comes here for the first time, and maybe the only time they come here, or they tune in, maybe the only time they tune in, they may not say that's entertaining. They'll say something better, which is that was meaningful. That was meaningful. That was meaningful. Now, I want to talk about those mountains, and I want to give you a particular example here of a, of a mountain that somebody climbed, and it's an incredibly powerful story. I actually didn't know this story, but, but I listened to it online, and I thought it, was, I thought it was beautiful. It's a story of Itzhak Perlman. Itzhak Perlman. Now, now, Perlman, as a little boy, contracted polio. So he only has two ways of being mobile. One is with crutches, or the other is with a wheelchair. This is a picture of him in his wheelchair. He's considered one of the great violinists alive today. And there's a beautiful story, beautiful story. So he comes out to, a, to do a concert. He sits down. And a violin has four strings. So you can just imagine the audience. I mean, this is like the Bruce Springsteen of violins. <laughs> and everybody, you can just feel the energy in the room, right? Here he's about to play, and he plays beautifully. And almost as soon as he starts, one of the violin strings breaks. Instead of four, now he's got three. And of course, people are thinking, you know, you can imagine, imagine a little bit of the nervousness in the crowd. What's he going to do? Is he going to stop? Is he going to have someone run and grab him another violin? Like, like what's he going to do? Well, this is what he did. He played. He played a beautiful, beautiful piece of music on three strings. Now just hold that 
the beauty of that image. So that particular concert ends, and he's asked about like playing with three strings. Like, what was that like playing with three strings? You can imagine kind of the hint of like, well, why didn't you have somebody run out a new violin? And this was what he said. And I love this phrase. He said, our job is to make music with what remains. I'd screenshot that, by the way, folks. Our task is to make music with what remains. If you have four strings, and some of us do, play. If you have three, play. You have two, play. You have one, play. Our task is to make music with what remains. That's that finding God in the ordinary. Now, what we're going to do now is Marcus is going to do a quick announcement here about a music program we have coming up at New Church Live, sort of along this theme a little bit. And after that, we'll have a song. And then when we come back, I want to look at, like, yeah, what does it actually look like to take very seriously making music with what remains? Hey, everybody. My name is Marcus Cohen. I'm the production director here at New Church Live. And I wanted to talk to you about something exciting we have coming up. It's a uh, new music volunteer program called New Church Live Sings. And as you can see, Rebecca's here today. We're so happy to have Rebecca Cooper here singing with us again. And uh, so lucky that she volunteered her time to be here. The, there's more than one way to volunteer through music. You don't necessarily have to be here. What, what I'd like to talk to you about is sending in videos of songs that you've done. If you, have, if you sit with a guitar, piano, or just a song that you'd like to sing for us, capture it on video, send it to me. My email address is marcus.cohen at newchurchlive.tv, and I'll be collecting these videos. You can also send in song requests uh, for Ethan, Emily, Rebecca, and I to sing, and I'll be collecting all that stuff. We'd love to have a bunch of videos to be able to play during services just to expand New Church Live a little further than this, than this area. I think we can do that. If you guys would like to do that, please do it. Send me in your songs, videos, requests, whatever you have, and I'll start going through them, and I can't wait to hear it. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. That idea of, of try, right? And, and, and it's, it's like there's a good try. And as that song said, there's for this frenetic try. It gets us way out beyond our true selves. Way out into what we, what we, the image we want to project versus the person we actually are as God has given us to see that. The very image and likeness of God deep within our souls that we are to express as part of our lives. Each of us just a different form, a different embodiment of God's love. So how, how is it that we make music with what remains? Well, I want to talk about seeing it and accepting it. The first part is, is, is to see it. We were talking about this on sermon writing team. Somebody brought up, and it's, it's really true. Like You watch some people who, who may be challenged in certain ways, and as we all are, frankly, and, and just the courage that it takes to wake up and do life. Things that may not seem that incredible, but then when we step back, they are 
Amazing. A few years back, I was so fortunate to go out and hear Father Richard Rohr speak out in New Mexico, and one of the keynote speakers was Tim Shriver, who's head of the Special Olympics, and, and Tim was talking about sort of what, what, what he had seen, how he had seen this moment, this miracle in the ordinary, and it was one part of Special Olympics where it was a profoundly handicapped young boy, and, and his job was just moving up one block from here to here. That's what he's tearing and saying it, you know, and he, he talks about just, just watching this young man, despite all the profound handicaps, just doing this, and it took a long time. And he said, the feeling in the room was incredible. The applause, the cheering, the standing ovation as he succeeded in his task. That is seeing it. That is seeing it. I want you to know that if you are joining us here today, and I know some people are with a broken heart and you're getting up tomorrow to do life again, we see that. That's ordinary. And that is playing music with what remains. That is playing music with what remains. So first we have to see it. We have to be honest about life and then we have to accept. We have to see and accept. I, I, I think this part of acceptance is, is, is incredibly significant. I think it's accepting that, that we are all broken. I, I only know a handful of people where I look at their lives and I think, I haven't seen a break in there. And it's like, if I was to count it, I'd say two. Big hint, I'm not one of them. The vast, vast, vast majority of people I know are playing with three strings. Very few of us have the perfect childhood. Very few of us have the perfect relationships. Very few of us have the perfect health. Very few of us have the perfect looks. <laughs> Very few of us have the perfect anything. And even when we hold up certain people in certain ways and we think like, oh, but look, but look at them. They might, no, no, I, I would bet you they don't see themselves that way. I'd bet you they see themselves as playing with three strings. So when we can see it and when we can accept it and we throw a little dash of courage in there, then we can play with what remains. Then we can play with what remains. I think, folks, this next part I want to talk to you about really gets to what playing with what remains might look like. And it deals with the word extraordinary or extraordinary breaking the word apart. So, so I, I, think it's, I think, again, it's, it's super easy to look at that word like, well, we've got to be extraordinary. But let's really look at that word. Let's break it into two parts, extraordinary. Extraordinary. 
Now, just think for a minute, what does that really mean? And this is courtesy of the sermon writing team, by the way, not from me. It means that we're extraordinary. It's like saying extra salty. It means we're even more ordinary. And can we work at finding God there, like even in the very ordinary, as ordinary as ordinary as ordinary as ordinary can be, can we even go extraordinary in terms of the places where we're willing to find God and find each other? In the places where we're willing to find God and find each other. Loving God, the person right in front of you, those two great commandments even in the ordinary. Now I want to share with you a, a story here, and this is, this is from a parishioner about the call in the ordinary. This is Carrie Swarzynski, and, and, and Carrie shared a wonderful story about the call. I think it's the call in the ordinary, watching how people just go about their normal lives and do extraordinary things, you know, even more like extraordinary in a certain sense. We have to see the miracle of it. So Carrie is an ER nurse down in the city. And what happened, she was, she, after a busy shift, and we all know how that has been with COVID, she comes back and this is the scene that greets her with her car. The car window's been smashed out. Somebody's rummaged through her car. You know, it's, she's a mom. I mean, it's like what they take is change from the change drawer, not much. Clearly no value of the window far exceeding what change they took out of the car. And, and I, I, want, I want you folks to take a minute here and to see like the miracle that happens in what was extraordinary. I mean, in a sense, no one here, as you're gonna hear in this little story, was doing things that were like way out. In a sense they were, but in a big sense they weren't. They were just doing normal things. They were posting some things on Facebook. They were doing some things about life. They were running their auto body shop. So you got a nurse doing her ordinary thing. You got a friend doing their ordinary thing. And then you have an auto body shop doing its ordinary thing. And I want you to take a listen here to an interview with Carrie as she talks about the miracle that happened following her posting of a picture of that broken minivan window. Take a look. And someone in particular, um, can I name drop? Sure. <laughs> Erica Hyatt, Gold, uh, Goldblatt Hyatt, reached out and she said she has been a very big advocate for for healthcare providers, me in particular, just cheering us on in any way. She was one of the first people that dropped off. Uh, you know, I have left a box of masks. Can I bring them over? Like from the beginning, she's just been, and she posted my, you know, with my permission on like one of our, you know, um, Huntington Valley sites or whatever. And just said, is there, like, can we do anything for her? And uh, a neighbor of her, you know, people commented and said, if you set something up, I'll donate. Let's donate for getting her a window. And, and a neighbor of hers, Mike Pearson, commented saying, I own an auto body company and 
I want to donate fixing her car for her and I will not take anything. And I, and she immediately like messaged me, you know, and said, Hey, um, you know, my neighbor wants your information, you know, just call him, give your, your information and, um, and then go from there. And I contacted him and he very, very nice, uh, you know, ordered the window, told me the next day, come on over, um, we'll replace it. And it was done by the end of the day. What a beautiful story. I love that story. So folks, let's just, let's just recap for a second here. We start out with a story, Matthew 4, Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two people doing their ordinary jobs. And he said, follow me. Hmm. Jesus walking. There's our ordinary lives. Some days are good. Some days that car window gets broken. Here we are doing our ordinary lives, looking on Facebook, checking on friends. And we see just the ordinary thing of somebody who's struggling. So we do something about it. Here's an ordinary auto body guy doing his normal auto body stuff. He sees a frontline worker who needs a new window. And he says, I can help. All across that are written the words with a smile. Jesus saying, follow me, and I will make you fishers of humanity. I mean, the beauty in that ordinariness, just people doing their ordinary lives. They weren't going anywhere. They weren't doing anything spectacular, but they did. So I would love to hear sort of some looking forward for you you know, this question, today I will find God in the ordinariness of dot, dot, dot. So it was kind of funny. I got a, got a, got a uh, wonderful little text from Brittany, literally as, as the video is showing. And I, I told her she's predicted the question. So she said, I'm making music out of a very bad oyster cut on my leg by enjoying a Sunday with my little family and my dear, dear cousin, Catherine, who is visiting to nurse me back to health. Like, and then it's a picture of her watch, watching church down there. And, you know, like, like that's it. That's just it. That's the ordinariness of life, right? And, and let's just think for a minute. Today, today, where do you want to find God in that ordinariness? All right? So think about what you got for us today. Pick something extraordinary. <laughs> in other words, it doesn't mean spectacular. It means it's beyond ordinary because it's so ordinary. Pick it, text it into me, and then I want to read some of these to you folks. Take 60 seconds and do that.
as those, as those come in, you know, I'd, I'd ask us to think about this, you know, in terms of like finding, finding God in the, in the ordinary. It is, it is interesting, right? Like, like we all play with three strings. We all play with three strings. And what if we all shared that endeavor to find God in the ordinary? Like, what would that be like? I think if we got that we were all playing with three strings, <laughs> we would be a lot less judgment. We'd spend a lot less time in our heads and a lot more time realizing, yeah, we all play that way. And there's something that shifts when we get to all play that way, listen carefully here, together. We get to all play that way together. I mean, I'm going to read just a few of these today. Today, I will find God in the ordinariness of time spent in COVID isolation with my family. Uh, Today, I will find it in store-bought Valentines. I'm looking forward to being retired with more craft time. In supporting my dear friend who just lost a loved one. Getting someone's taxes done. Getting someone's, that is really good. Getting someone's taxes done so they can do something fun with their family. Today we'll find God in the ordinariness of a clean apartment and homemade soup. That's great. We will find find the extraordinary in a quiet, loving day with the partner of my dreams. My guy who has one arm and cooks better than me. Yikes. Chatting with my my teenage sons about whatever topic they bring up and are interested in. Visiting my daughter's new home. Making music with what remains has been my ordinary in this life. This is really big. Ordinary is sustainable. It keeps us grounded in the present. Today, I will find God in the extraordinary gift of my daughter helping me paint the kitchen. Man. That's all so good. It's all so good. And even if you're watching later in the week, like feel free to text me in where you find God in the ordinary. Folks, just, just think about the world we create when we do that. Think about the life you live when you do that. I personally am going to try to find God on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. <laughs> and I know I will. Because I'm going to pray to have the eyes to see it. Jesus walked along the Sea of Galilee. Came to two people just doing their ordinary lives. And he said these words, follow me, I'll make you fishers of humanity. That's our charge for the week. Brothers, sisters, that you have eyes to see. Not just the ordinary, but to go even more deeper than that. May you have eyes to see God in the extra ordinary as well. We're going to now close the service. We're going to close it with a prayer. Then we're going to say the Our Father prayer. I'll do a final blessing. And then you will get a chance to hear our last song. I also, as we close the service, if you'd like to further this conversation, you're more than welcome 
to attend what we call Coffee and Donuts. It's run by volunteers out in the state of Michigan. And what they do is people from all over the place just hop on a, a, hop on a Zoom call right after church, just get a chance to chat about the service, about what struck them, what may not have struck them, and just, just simple fellowship. Again, finding God in the ordinary. So with that, let's close with prayer. Lord, in Jeremiah 22, you say that you are a God at hand. A God at hand. A God here in the ordinary, in the regular parts of our life, finding us where we are, as we are, doing what we do. Allow us, Lord, to see you today. In painting, in driving, in soup, in cleaning, in connection, in conversation. Allow that to be our music. Reminding us, Lord, that we all play with three strings and that our job is always just to play with what remains. Because what remains is good. Behold, very good, because it's from you. We're the humble servants who get to do what we get to do moving forward in life. To heed the call to serve in ordinary ways. Thank you, Lord, for being here today. Thank you for your presence. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you, brothers and sisters, home. Amen.